Go ahead and open your Bibles tonight, the book of Revelation, chapter 13. Here the other night, uh, we looked about the return of Christ, you know, being a thief in the night, and how that uh, does the Bible teach that will it catch us off guard? Will we be surprised when Jesus returns? And what did the Bible have to say about that? Well, the Bible teaches, yes, that the day of the Lord, which sometimes not only refers to a day, but also a time period, uh, will catch the world and Israel off guard. But the Bible says very, very plainly that that day should not overtake us as a thief. That's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And as I was uh, doing some reading and studying this week, uh, thinking about a thought that I've often enjoyed studying and began reading it, and a lot of times uh, it it becomes a Sunday night message and, and whenever that takes place. And so if I enjoyed it, I hope that you enjoy it. And that's what I want to share about tonight, another look at the unholy trinity. Another look at the unholy trinity. Now, I believe all of us in this room would agree that when you say the trinity, we often refer to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, but three persons of God. And that is, it's hard for us to imagine that because we're not uh, looking at things from His perspective of infinite power, infinite presence. Now, Jesus cannot be in more than one place at one time uh, in, the, in the body. He's in a glorified body, and he limited himself in that capacity. But God, the Holy Spirit, can. Uh, that, I say, well, how does that work? Well, I, I just believe it does. I believe in the Trinity. I believe that there's God, there's the Holy Spirit, and there's Jesus Christ. And guess what? According to the Bible, right now, he is in a glorified body. He's not in a thousand glorified bodies. He's in one glorified body. And what does the Bible say? Where is he located right now? The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So there's a kind of a synopsis, if you will, concerning the Trinity. A lot more to that. But let's look. Did you know that Satan often offers a counterfeit? And when it comes to the Trinity, he does the exact same thing. Now, this is found in Revelation chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. The Bible says this, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Okay, uh, if you write in your Bible, I want you, and you have a pen, you may want to write these three things down. Three important facts about this chapter or three important events in this chapter. Number one, you have a deadly wound healed. Well, that'll happen in just a second. Number two, the image, 
comes to life. And number three, you have the mark of the beast. And I'll repeat those in just a second. But three important events in this chapter. You say, when you hear Revelation 13, there are three things you can think about. Number one, a deadly wound is healed. Number two, the image comes to life. And number three, the mark of the beast. Now, uh, those have all to pertain to what we're talking about tonight. Uh, now, looking at this, the, it says, and if you look at Revelation chapter 13, verse 2, it said, The beast which I saw was like a leopard. This is the same uh, of the fourth beast in Daniel chapter 7. Exact same thing. We'll turn over there and look at that in just a second. And if you look at verse 3, now sometimes the beast refers to the government, but a lot of times it's referring to the man. And we'll look at that in just a second. So basically, here is the unholy... Before I read any further, so you and I are speaking the same language, the unholy trinity, the essence of God devil, Satan. Then you have God came down and He was inside a human being. And guess what His name is? Jesus. And guess what the unholy side of that is? Of course, the Antichrist. The Antichrist. Okay? And then the third part, if you will, over the religious side of the Antichrist government is what the Bible calls the false prophet. Now, we would liken that to maybe the Holy Spirit, okay? That is the unholy trinity, all right? Now, as we look here, if this fellow, he somehow or another, he gets wounded in verse 3. It's also mentioned in verse 4, excuse me, 12 and 14. It says in verse 12, and he exercises, talking about the false prophet, all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Verse 14, And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by sword and did live. Okay? Now, in looking at this, you have, now I've explained, we have Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. And so, let's take a quick look at this. First of all, and, and we can, I just want to put my Bible ribbon marker here in Revelation 13. I'm going to flip backwards to Daniel. Take a quick look at Daniel, chapter 7. Just po poke out a couple of verses right there. Okay, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 7. And after this I saw in the night visions, behold, a fourth beast, dreadful, terrible, strong, exceeding, and it had great iron teeth, devoured, breaking pieces, stamped the residue with the feet, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom the first three horns were plucked up by the roots. In other words, it's seen in uh, Daniel later, the ten toes on the statue. It's seen here. It's seen in Revelation, the ten horns. And he comes along. He takes three places by force 
and the other are voluntary. Now, just as a sidebar note, my own personal opinion, can't prove it, can't disprove it. <laughs> and that is, I think this fellow's going to be, those ten nations are going to be Muslim nations. Okay, just sidebar note what I think. And this fellow will be, uh, he will basically lead those ten nations against Israel. And that's pretty easy. I know that. I know the Antichrist is going to lead an attack on Israel. And uh, the Bible is very, very plain about that. And it's going to come from the north. It tells us what direction. But anyway, and uh, so he's speaking great things at the end of verse 8. Verse 24, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he subdued three kings. In other words, he's going to take three Muslim nations over by force. Now, it's interesting how... Uh, boy, they, they just get all, they're in uproar right now, aren't they? Well, now we don't know what exactly, the exact details of it, but they're in an uproar over there right now. Verse 25, and he shall speak great words against the Most High. Notice verse 25, where am I at? Daniel 7:25. He shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given in his hands. Until a time, a times, and dividing of time. What is that? Three and a half years. Now, which that tells me something. I've shared with you some of my former instructors and and uh, people I've looked up to in the ministry, and uh, that they, some of them believe that uh, there may not be people saved during the tribulation period. But uh, I, it looks like here he's persecuting some saints. The Antichrist is so. Either they got saved after the rapture or the rapture hadn't occurred. So one of the two has to be true. It can't be any other way. But it says it right there. All right. Back to Revelation chapter 13. Okay. So we we know who the culprits are. We know who what uh, Satan will mimic. who What he's going to do. We know the basics of it. He's going to get a group of nations together, ten in this case, and he's going to go against Israel and he hates Israel. Well, let's just take a look at it here. In looking at how he hates Israel, let's back up to just one page. You may not even have to flip a page in your Bible. I need you to read along with me Revelation 12, verse 3. Revelation 12, verse 3. There appeared another wonder in heaven. Now, who's writing this? John. And he's writing about uh, seeing all this come together. Talking about Israel is verse 1. And she has Jesus in verse 2. Verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew a third part of the stars. This is the only place in the entire Bible that tells you how many demonic angels there are. And it doesn't even give us a number, does it? One third. That's the only way we know. So say God made 33 billion angels. How many are fallen? That's real easy. I like easy math. (laughs) 11 billion that's more than one per person that's alive today. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's almost two, depending on who you believe about the world population number. 
But we, how many, we don't know. I mean, it could be 333 billion. I don't know. Nobody knows how many angels there are total. And uh, she, okay, so guess what? Verse 4. So he's sitting there, and remember he did try to kill the child through Herod in the end of verse 4 as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations, rod of iron, the child of God called into heaven to his throne. We know that's where Jesus sits today. And he hates Israel. 3 through 6, uh, verse 6, And the woman fled in the wilderness where she had the place prepared of God that they should feed her there. Now, when it says verse 6, that has not happened yet. Yet, how do I know? Because that's three and a half years. Now, we know, comparing Scripture with Scripture, that that's talking about whenever Israel gets attacked by the Antichrist. Okay? I want you to skip down to verse 12, 12, 12. All right? Revelation 12, 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and sea, for the devil has come down. This is after the, the war in heaven. It says here, because he knoweth he has but a short time. Did you all know what? I think Satan can read. I think Satan can read, and he knows what this book says. All right? And when the dragon saw he was cast down to earth, he persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child. And the woman and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness where she has a, a space for a time, a half time, and a times a half time, and time, which is three and a half years, get un, untongue-tied, which is the same thing as verse 6. Now, in looking at that there, there will be a, a point in time where whether it be a Muslim cleric or whomever, it may not even be a Muslim, may not even be a Muslim, Okay? Whoever the Antichrist is, here's how it's all, according to the Bible, just going verse by verse, just word for word, just don't even put anything else into it. What does the Bible say? There will come a point in time where Satan says, it's time, I don't, doesn't look like I have much time. Whoever the Antichrist is, if he's alive today, the Bible says that he's going to enter into him. Okay? He, did you know the Bible speaks of another time Satan entered into a man? His name was Judas. Mm -hmm. And so he can definitely do that. That's my whole point in that. He enters into a man. Now, by the way, Judas was not the Antichrist, but he had the spirit of Antichrist. Of course, if you read that, John, who wrote this book, when he wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, he was the only fellow that's ever used that word Antichrist in your entire Bible, the fellow who wrote this, John. Okay? The spirit of Antichrist. In other words, to deny Jesus for who He is. To deny Jesus for who He is. There's going to come a point in time where Satan's going to enter into Him, and when He does, that's whenever He's going to gather those armies together and attack Israel. The Bible does say this, and we can, you know, there's some things we can kind of try to read in between the lines, and then there's some things we know for sure the Bible says that the attack will come upon Israel suddenly, it will come from the north, and Israel will be surprised. And she will be driven into the wilderness, the Negev wilderness. We believe that's the Negev wilderness south of there. They do have one of the, the largest military bases in the world down there. And it says, according to the book of Zechariah, which is the only place, Zechariah 14, is the only place that gives details 
of the Battle of Armageddon. 